Welcome to the Creative Bubble, where you can experience the transformative power of creativity with the Bayless Brothers in our weekly show that explores the intersection of mindfulness and the art of filmmaking, featuring creative conversations to enhance your craft and nurture your inner filmmaker. The program starts now. Welcome to the Creative Bubble. I'm Alec Bayless. Luckily, this story happened during my Chipotle phase. I remember having it for the first time in New York City and being absolutely blown away by how good it was. Growing up in a predominantly white town in the middle of Michigan doesn't exactly give you much access to Mexican food, let alone, quote, real, unquote, Mexican food. Uh, And I'm in no way saying Chipotle is authentic or real Mexican food, uh, but just having it for the first time Well, let's just say, I've been chasing that high ever since. With my first rough cut done, a feature film called Runner by first-time director Brian Randalls, I felt pretty accomplished. Only a few years prior, I was washing dishes and making baked goods for minimum wage in Chicago. Now, under my belt, I had two years working for BET, Black Entertainment Television, which was a childhood dream I didn't know I had. I'd say I have pretty eclectic music taste, Classic rock from my dad, pop music from my mom, indie music from my brother Ryan, and hip-hop from my brother Devin. I grew up watching 106 and Park, so working for the company that made the TV show I watched growing up was kind of a funny place to end up because I didn't really intend to. Then, two years into media managing for BET News and editing their digital shows from 2014 to 2016, Literally witnessing the transition from analog to digital at a large media company, I quit. I got on a plane with my oldest friend and gallivanted to Thailand. I should have stayed forever. Upon my return home, which was in Woodside, Queens, living with my brother Ryan and his now ex-wife, I unpacked and then packed again because Ryan and I were going to LA for a month to work on a feature film. Ryan was the DP and I was the AC and media manager. The crew in total was about five of us, including the director. We shot there for a month and then flew to Michigan for Christmas. And soon after the new year, we drove down to Louisville, Kentucky for two weeks to finish the movie. This is where I first fell in love with whiskey. But that's another story for another time. Once we wrapped up the film, I backed it up on a hard drive for the director and took my copy of the film and went back to New York City to get started. It must have taken me a month to transcode, organize, sync, and prep the film. Then maybe two weeks to cut a rough. The syncing and organizing is truly agonizing and miserable for me. For someone who likes that kind of thing, it could probably be done in a few days, but it's so treacherous and miserable for my brain that I can barely finish a reel per day. Luckily, the film was slated well, and I had prepped two features before this. One of my own, which was shot in four days, so wasn't much work. And then Ryan's film titled Hymns, which was somewhere between nine and 15 days of shooting. But this one was its own beast, somewhere around 20 plus days of filming. One day in the hopefully very near future, I will have an assistant editor to do all that work for me so I can just simply edit. I don't regret any of this work, however. Uh, Maybe it's the blue collar background I come from. My dad is a manufacturing engineer. My mom teaches special education. There's something, maybe it's pride in doing hard work and toughing it out, but it's probably just foolishness. I've spent many hours trying to create an efficiency for a process that is simply just time and patience. Pluralize has never worked for me. 
This is my first lesson in editing, and it's a two-parter. Number one, there are some tasks that suck, but you might as well get it over with. The opportunity in syncing each clip one by one gives you your first touch on familiarizing yourself with the footage, which you must do over and over again until you hate it all. That's the part two. Now, just for clarity to any editors out there, I do attempt to sync the footage in batches using the multicam thing, uh, but it doesn't always work and it's hard to tell which clips you've missed. So you really do have to go one by one in the end in some fashion. I had to cut my own film before this, but to me, Runner has always been my first feature film due to its complexity and standard filming style. My horror film, Alma Secret, was shot in just four days, so we had to shoot very efficiently, leave no room for classic coverage of basically any scene. We did most things in masters and just a few intentional close-ups, and then there were a few designated scenes that we used classic coverage and did back and forth over the shoulder and wides and mediums and stuff like that. I approached the runner edit like this. Start on a wide shot, move into the over the shoulder as the scene progressed and connect with the characters more emotionally because their face filled the screen. Then take us out with another wide. So it went like this, wide, medium, close, wide and out. I did every scene that way. And this is where I learned my second lesson in film editing. Number two, nothing is as it seems. You have to cut from your gut and sometimes weed helps. So find a way to think differently. I am an avid whiskey fan and I've had my fair share of cannabis. There have been years of my life where I legit smoke weed every day. And these days, not so much, but it's still in my arsenal. I am on the outside, very cool, calm, and collected. Internally, however, I have these huge crashing waves of anxiety most days. I think about how I look on the outside and figured out why it seems that I'm fine. To attempt to dampen my anxiety, I try to control my breathing. I try to think through everything I say, and I give that processing time. It's like a living meditation that doesn't really work. I can be cozy on a couch watching a Christmas movie and have my heart racing, as I'm sure some of you listening have had the same experience. Alcohol doesn't help me with editing. I have about a half a glass before I'd rather just shoot the shit and hang out. Weed, on the other hand, has been a very powerful tool for me. The thing that makes me cut a scene with such structure and logic is just like what I seem like on the outside. It's my first layer. It's what I use to survive my daily life. It helps me in a lot of ways, but the thing that makes me a great editor is that emotional river that runs through us, that magical place that is all gut, all emotion, no logic. It's something my mom gave me. It's the heart of my creativity. It's hard for me to reach sometimes, but when I do, there's nothing like swimming in it for as long as I can. And that's when I make bold decisions, create new things, and make lots of mistakes. Those mistakes can be things that people don't like in my edit, but they always spark a new idea. And that is my superpower. Sometimes I crack into this mode naturally, but sometimes editing high on weed, I break away that top layer that tells me how a scene should go. It lets me be inspired by sounds or the way a body is moving. It's another rhythm that's deeper inside me. It's my gut and my heart working in tandem. It's hip hop and classic rock, it's pop, and it's indie music. Sometimes 
it's even country. So I send off my first rough cut before I've done my weed pass and I get the text or a call that I know all too well in my life at this point. Can we talk through this edit? The answer is of course. It can often mean, I don't know how to put this in words. I'll just say it to you and you write it down and decipher what it means. Which, as I've matured as an editor, is what the job is. And it's what you bring to the table. You're literally a translator. Some directors, producers, people that are working on your story are really good at other things. So it's not crazy to be in a world where they also don't know how to edit, but they know what the story needs. So that's important. But at this time, I thought, I cut the movie to script. Tell me that it's you want, I'll tighten it all up, and we can move on with our lives. But this movie is someone's baby, and they might not make another one. So sometimes that clouds the work. But you should know this going into a project so that you know what you're committing to, which is the next lesson I learned. Number three, commitment. When you say yes to a film, you're committing to a piece of art. This art deserves the love and care it needs to be the best it can be. Why else make it? This is not applicable, however, for TV commercials, advertisements of any kind, or completely unpaid work. So Brian and I are on the phone talking through the movie. He's a writer at heart, and as a problem solver, he likes to try to see the issues from all angles. Also, he felt like he wanted to be in the room with me. So I hopped on a plane and went to LA to edit with Brian in the room. He stayed at his girlfriend's house most nights, so my normal day would be to wake up, eat something, and then Brian would come in, we'd drink some coffee, and edit. Then we would step out and grab Chipotle, eat that, and then continue editing. This man, who I love, had me cut that goddamn movie in a new order every day, and then we would watch it in entirety. And we did that for four days straight. I had just been with this movie for almost two months, watching this footage over and over. So by the fourth screening, I was lost in the story. I couldn't see how the movie was affected by these changes. We had a cut though, that Brian seemed pleased with. So I packed my bags and I was off to New York City again. I was busy editing some food ads the following week. Then I get a text from Brian, who figured out the issue with the movie and had another restructure he wanted to try. This was like being stabbed in the heart with a plunger. Nonsense. Oh well. I cut the restructure and a few days later the movie still isn't working. Brian calls me. I think we need to be in the room together again. Damn it. Most editors, as a part of their job, sit at a desk and have someone behind them that is directing the cut. This is a normal relationship, but it's just not how I prefer to work. I don't like the feeling of being a button pusher, and it removes my ability to experiment with issues until they work. I prefer to work alone, screen something, talk about it, and then if I still can't solve it, then we can sit together and work it out. Because at the end of the day, my job is to bring your vision to life with my expertise and knowledge of editing, and your expertise of the story. I do my part to make your film work. So Brian comes to New York. Ryan helps us during our daily screening, trying to work out the issues. Three days of this, no Chipotle, but lots of street tacos and whiskey. I wish now that I wasn't feeling so grumpy about the process because of two things. One, I used to do dishes at a bakery and now I'm getting paid to edit movies, which is my dream. And two, 
I get to hang out with my two buds for three days while we're working on a creative project together. I'd look back on this experience and realize that I needed to find joy. That's number four. Find joy. Shit is hard sometimes. You might as well have a good attitude and remember that you get to do what you love, which isn't editing. It's creating. So we get this latest cut to another place and Brian went back to LA. A few weeks go by and Brian has another epiphany. At this point, I just want it to be over. I've seen the movie 20 different ways and it was honestly hard for me to care anymore. This new idea, this new restructure was in essence to put the film back in its original order and put back in all the scenes we cut out. And I can't fault Brian for this. In fact, I'm sure it's how the movie was supposed to be and I'm sure it's something he will be happy with. If it's your movie, you have to live with the final outcome. So you might as well live and die by your own sword, right? After this, we sent it to get mixed and colored. I put the two together and did a final export. It was delivered to the distribution company and that was that. I don't think I've watched the movie since then. It was such a long and arduous process just to get back to the beginning again. Also, I ate way too much Chipotle and I may have ruined that for myself for a long time. And I really got put through the ringer. It was tough. I don't want to do that with another film. But by looking at the film from so many different angles and doing so much editing in that month, it made me understand film structure like never before. And I've used this experience on every cut of everything since. It's become a part of my DNA as an editor. My final lesson from this experience that I learned is structure. Number five, structure is so extremely important to understand as an editor. And sometimes you can only know the right one when you've seen the other options. And that's okay. Editing is a process. Sometimes it's technical, sometimes that's organization, and sometimes that's smoking weed and cutting something that feels right. It's patience and it's compromise. But in the end, and most importantly, it's a good reason to make something with people you care about. This is the gift Brian gave me. I'm editor and filmmaker Alec Bayless. Thanks for listening to The Creative Bubble. Thank you for listening to another episode of The Creative Bubble. We hope that you will consider liking, sharing, and subscribing. Remember, it's a conversation, and the show is impossible without you. Thanks for listening.